Good morning, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of the Under the Scope podcast where we discuss music. I'm your host, Will Brost, and calling in is Patrick Anderson. How are things? Things are going well. Good. Happy birthday to uh, to you. Oh, well, thank you. Hey, my birthday was yesterday, this... but it's, it's worth yeah, it. Yeah, well, that's why I had to wait just <laughs> to the podcast to, <laughs> to say it. <laughs> It, thank you, thank you. It's much appreciated. Um, this, this is how our friendship operates now. <laughs> we speak uh, exclusively through this podcast format. <laughs> yeah, right. This is how we catch up on everything too. It makes it really difficult because we tend to only talk about music on this podcast. So I have, you know, <laughs> it's very difficult to figure out what's happening in your life. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. My birthday was yesterday. No need to make a big deal out of it, even though it is a big deal. Um, but it, it's something it's something <laughs> worth noting at the beginning. Uh, absolutely. It's a, it's pretty important, but we're going to keep it low. Key. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so um, so this is our last pod of the year before we get into year end discussions, podcasts, lists, list season, all of that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the best exactly it's the absolute best it's like a whole month of though it is a little odd that you know people have or publications have been starting their best of the decade lists already but not Mm -hmm. their 2019 lists so i mean you're (laughs) yeah you're kind of outing what was your favorite of 2019 like i think pitchfork had on adele ray in their top 20 i imagine it's going to be pretty high on their 2019 list too um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's just how it goes. Um, so because we're going to get into list season, we're going to do an albums list, obviously, um, a songs of the year pod. We're going to do our Scopies second annual. Um, but for now, we're going to do our recent format of grouped album discussion. We uh, picked a handful of albums here. We normally do four albums for these, but because it's our last one before year end, uh, we decided that we wanted to just do three albums and then spend the remaining time listing and uh, briefly mentioning, briefly discussing a couple of records throughout the entire year that we wish we could have spent some time talking about on the podcast. So that sound good? Sounds fantastic to me. Great. That's good. Okay, you're <laughs> on board. Um, so <laughs> Yeah. So we, we I didn't didn't know about this beforehand. So. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that we're talking about the latest records from um, Sun Swans and FKA Twigs? You knew that, right? Or at least I you listened now. to them. Okay. Have you listened no, to these three now records? I know. Okay. <laughs> Luckily, yes, yes. Very conveniently. <laughs> <laughs> and you have thoughts prepared, maybe. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's yeah, good. which is which is strange because again, I didn't know about this before we started. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, which one did you want to start out with? Start off with, rather. Um, let's. I like how I get to choose here, and then I'm always like, huh, "What a difficult <laughs> decision." <laughs> it's. Um, I mean, it's a non. It's a non-decision, right? Like we either. <laughs> right. It's. We're gonna talk about all three. We're of gonna them. do one of them. So right. It's like... <laughs> It's yeah. just we're doing all three. Um, it's just in different order. So um, you get to pick. The yeah, order. I just had to. I have to think of a reason why we're doing them in certain orders. <laughs> um, let's let's do the longest 
uh, album first. Okay, sure. Yeah, that sounds like a plan. Um, and given mm-hmm. that uh, Swans is one of the groups here, it's pretty easy to remember which one is the longest. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, let's go with the one that's 12 songs, uh, one hour and 33 minutes. Um, so this is Leaving Meaning, uh, the latest album from Swans. Uh, Swans are an experimental rock band from New York City. Um their catalog goes as far back as 1983, I believe. Um, but the two of us, and, and more specifically you, uh, got into the band with their more recent trilogy of records, uh, which includes The Seer, uh, To Be Kind, and The Glowing Man. Um, I believe we talked about The Glowing Man on this podcast at one point. Uh, to Be Kind mm-hmm. and The Seer are records that I've heard bits and pieces of um, and have liked, but are they're not records that we've really covered extensively because they were released before we had this podcast. So yeah. th- though the three records are, you know, different enough, they all kind of have this similar tense, drawn-out, post-rock style to them. Um, but now uh, there are new bandmates in Swans. Uh, Michael Jira is still the frontman, but he has a different group of people he's working with this time. And partially because of that, Swans headed in a different direction on Leaving Meaning. Um, what do you think of this new direction and the new project? Um, it was it was fairly um, interesting, like for the first hour um, of the project, it, it, it's still like, excuse me, it's still like a pretty good project, <clears throat> but it's not as compelling mm. overall, um, of a thematic as something like the glowing man's like heavy, like meditative, but just dark and twisted, um, um, style or like to be kind, like, um, just brutal, scary like hard rock kind of uh, feeling to it but this one's more like kind of peaceful honestly mm-hmm. like all the way through and it's, it has a lot of um a lot of moments of like it feels like it's supposed to be meditative but it kind of feels more just like really pretty um it's not bad i was just like a little underwhelmed um, especially coming off, like, I love, I love that whole trilogy. The seer is probably my least favorite in them. Hmm. Um, interesting. And then like to be kind and the going man are like neck and neck, like amazing albums to me. Um, so coming off of a really big high from those two albums, especially. And, uh, it's not bad. I was just a little underwhelmed overall. Yeah, I'd say. I think I'm in a similar boat where, um, you know, not that swans can't go in a different direction or anything, but what I loved about what I've heard from their recent records is that they have these captivating dynamics to their songs. Um, so the songs will mm-hmm. be like 20 minutes in length sometimes, but you kind of get this slow build and, uh, it, it kind of has this atmosphere that sucks you in and 
it gains intensity as the song progresses. And, uh, you know, it's just, I can't think of a better word than captivating um, and enthralling, but you don't, yeah. you don't really get that here for the most part. I, you know, like you get a six minute song and sometimes I, I feel the exact same at the beginning of the song as I do at the end of the song. And I think that's the biggest disappointment for me is because the, the thing I loved about Swans recently, I'm not getting that here. So it took me a second to um, actually kind of adapt to what I was listening to because you're right, it is a more peaceful record. Uh, you get that right off the bat. Uh, Analine is more tranquil than, you, you know, uh, mm-hmm. much of their recent output. Um so, yeah, I appreciate that they're doing something new. I think maybe a fourth album in that similar style might have been too much. But I, I don't know. I, I'm pretty conflicted here. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's fairly different from other things that I've heard Swans do, too. Um, I haven't listened back through their entire discography because it's fucking massive. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, like, some of the better ones that I've heard from them, like uh, Soundtracks for the Blind, this pulls kind of some things from, or, like, Love of Life, even. There's Hmm. some moments of just straightforward rock that kind of uh, find their way into this. So, like, I wasn't, like, I don't know if you've you've gone back and heard those records. I've heard them. I haven't heard them extensively, but when I heard them, I was like, oh, okay, I've heard this before at least. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like super surprising. I was just kind of like, okay, well, let's see what they do with it. And then by the end of it, um, I don't know. It's just like it, it, it's repetitive a little bit. And it's, um, but not in a way that like the Glowing Man, for example, is like, very repetitive with, with its themes of like a severe buildup and then just nothing for like five minutes mm-hmm. and then like it's back at this like it that that was so captivating and enthralling to me because of um just that like just terrain of like heavy drop-offs and pickups and things um and this one and it was, you know, that album's two hours long, right? And it, but it's able to maintain maintain a level of uh, immersiveness and consistency all the way throughout. That's pretty interesting. And this one is a short project for Swans. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, they trimmed the fat by thirty minutes, but there still feels like there's a lot of um, kind of unnecessary, like, what do we really do with this this uh, these three minutes of time? Besides, like, add in a couple of nice plinkly or plinky, I don't know if I'm saying that right, <laughs> plinky <laughs> piano mm-hmm. um, and some strings and things like that. It's it's not a bad um, it's it's not a bad sound at all. I think it's just like coming from Swans. I was just like, um, I don't know. It's taken a lot of getting used to, and I haven't haven't really been as impressed by it as I thought I might might be. Yeah, so. and I like it overall, um, but I I kind of agree with you. It, it is kind of funny that this is their shortest album, I guess, in recent memory. Um, mm-hmm. But it's the one whose long length is the least justified, given you know the content. Yeah. Because um, I have no issue listening yeah. to some of these epics on their recent output. Um, 
because you feel like they're using that time wisely, even if it's a long time. And this is the podcast where yeah. I just go on and on about albums being too long. I don't really feel that way about Swans because in general they deliver no. with that time. Um, but I, I yeah I, I, I oh, yeah go ahead. I, I honestly I honestly whenever I saw an hour and a half I was like uh oh I was like. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What? They didn't have enough enough ideas to fill a full two hours. What's going on?" It's <laughs> a good point, and you know, well, maybe. Um, I you know, I don't want to poo-poo the entire thing because I I do like, in a lot of spots, yeah. they're this new, prettier, calmer approach. Um, the very end of the song "What Is This" is beautiful. Um, I like the calming yeah. nature of the title track. Uh, the backing vocals, I love consistently throughout this record especially on songs like sunfucker which is not a peaceful song and partially because of that it's yeah. like my favorite song on the entire record um but there are bits and pieces of most of these songs that i come away enjoying you know like positive takeaways but as a whole i like it but eh, I, I don't know so yeah I I uh, agree with you. Like there are very solid moments, and like you said, Sunfucker is a great example because like we keep saying like, oh, this is a peaceful album, but it's like, mm. no, it's not really. Like <laughs> by their standards, like if maybe, you're going, yeah. In, yeah, right. Like this isn't music for airports. This <laughs> this is like this is like the 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 like a like a harsh. If you're uh, never mind, I'm not even gonna try to compare. <laughs> um, but it's not a peaceful album still. There are moments of like pretty uh, intense mm-hmm. musicianship, but yeah, in comparison with like a song like, I don't know, like I'm To Be Kind, like Just a Little Boy or some fucked up <laughs> shit like that. Right. It's it's not that. Um, but yeah, I, I really, really like the title track. I think that's great. Um, Aniline, I think is really pretty. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's coming. It's real. Yes, it's like the standout track from it. That's fantastic. That's a really good one. Um, yeah, it's, they have this really interesting style on this. Um, Fantano actually coined it as uh, gothic country, which I thought was mm. fucking perfect. Mm-hmm. That, that, um, that sounds about right. And yeah, and that and so I'm gonna like use what he said and that. Uh, that like style that's used throughout here that's really really cool because it's it's still like similar with what i've heard with uh, some swans backing work but it's stuff that like i don't hear anybody else really doing and i think it's a really compelling um a really compelling musicianship or uh, musical idea and uh swans they flush it out i think to its fullest extent that I've heard on this album, um, which is a really cool thing. Yeah, I think that's a really good observation, and I think it's to this album's credit that, you know, it, even though I'm not in love with this album, I can't really recommend anything that sounds like this because I haven't really heard mm-hmm. much that sounds like this, you know? Um, so they, they get, the, they yeah, get the points only for thing, originality the only, here. The only thing I could compare to this is more Swans records. <laughs> exactly. And, and, you know, uh, for, you know, those people who might be listening that um, love the recent trilogy, but 
haven't yet gotten to this record yet for some reason, there are some songs that remind me of recent output, like um, The Hanging Man is about as close as you're going to get, I think. Um, there's a couple yeah. other songs that feel more inspired by, uh, you know, The Seer or To Be Kind, but for the most part, um, it is a new direction, and so it, it, it might take some getting used to, but you do have an hour and a half to get used to it, so maybe by the end. Um, I think what... How do I phrase this? Um, I guess I already kind of did phrase it earlier, but um, the, this uh, they don't use their time super wisely in, in, in a lot of spots here, and because of that, and because there are tracks with shorter time lengths in general, there are now more tracks that I can just do without completely. Um, mm -hmm. Like, there are a couple just total snoozers on this record that I totally forgot about. Um, so, you know, we keep coming back to it, but it's weird that this is, this is an hour and a half, um, and by their standards, that's not too bad, or not too long, but you know, maybe they could have made this even shorter somehow or gone the other way and made this two hours and kind of drawn out some of these ideas. I, I, yeah. I, I, I can't decide which avenue I would prefer, but how it is right now, it's, it's not, it's not sitting right. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It feels, it feels kind of like, um, they were onto something, um, sound wise. And it's just like, not as fully committed as it could be so yeah you're right it's like it sounds like hey, i can't decide either whether i want this to be longer or shorter because mm -hmm. um, yeah it feels like they compromised a little bit on their on their uh, style and that I, I, I yeah I'm not, I'm not totally sure what the what the deal is um you pointed out the hanging man though as an mm -hmm. example of like callbacks to later works i think that that actually is um one of my least favorite tracks on here mm. which is funny mm -hmm. because it is a callback to like the glowing man and uh well especially the glowing man and because it felt basically like a direct pull mm. from the glowing man like from the title track the glowing man uh, oh oh <laughs> um, you know, minus the 30 minutes and minus the uh, catastrophic, like, breakdown in the middle of that. Um, vocally, especially, just felt, like, pulled directly out of that. And it didn't really fit within the rest of the album. So it just, like, it's not a terrible track, but it was just kind of like, what is this doing here? Like, this should have been um somewhere else on that trilogy like it didn't feel like it it worked very well at all it's not a bad track but it just like it's one of the more one of it's a track that stands out in a negative way to what this album i think is trying to to convey yeah it's a, like i don't really get anything like that elsewhere on the album or anything else that like makes me feel like oh okay that's why that was there yeah that's a that's a really good point um because yeah i think cohesion is a pretty interesting issue with this album as a whole right um 
some of these songs mm-hmm. don't sound like they belong on the same album as other songs on here. Um, and the way they're sequenced even it kind of adds to the confusion. Like you have The Hanging Man, I think, comes directly after Annaline, right? And so that was a little right. jarring just to hear that transition. Um, there's a couple other moments like that on here, too. Uh, so, you know, I, I hate to just be like, well, this album is bad because it's not as good as their recent stuff. Um, but it is, you know, something that, of course, I have in my mind as I'm listening to a new Swans record. Um, but yeah, I, I guess uh, I don't have too much more to say about it. Is there anything you wanted to uh, say before we gave a score for this? Um, no, not too much. It's yeah, that's pretty much what I've got too. I like some of these uh these new band members. I guess they got Anna von Hauswolf uh to yeah. help out. That that was pretty cool seeing her name on the credits there. Yeah, you could hear that influence in there too. I guess uh, I guess she she is one of the closer examples that I could use for this style. Yeah, you know, certainly the gothic that I think aspect. About it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's true. Um, so. It sounds like you're feeling, I guess the glowing band was in your top five, maybe in 2016 or 17, whenever that was. It was, yeah, it was number two. Dang. Well, there you go. Uh, what about leaving me? Was it number two? No, it was, no, it was number three. It was like glowing man, blonde, and then a skeleton. Yeah. Okay. That sounds right. That's, that's quite a, (laughs) that's quite a three right there. That's, that's great. Yeah, I like it. Um, yeah, so you're not you're not feeling as uh, you know, as positively on this one. What what score would you say? Um, it's not a bad album at all. Mm-hmm. It's just not like it's not as monumental as uh, the Going Man and uh, To Be Kind were for me. So it's like a solid like seven out of ten. Very nice, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, that sounds that sounds about right, and that's um, in line with, I think a lot of critics are feeling about that way um, with this yeah. with this record here. Um, I'm going a six. It's a pretty solid six. Um, okay. But uh, I mean, certainly not bad. And you know, a six out of ten for me is a positive score. So I do like it overall. But um, too many too many nitpicks. Um, so yeah, that's a six and a half out of ten uh, for Swans leaving meaning. Um, where'd you want to go next? We've got quite the uh, experimental mm. music. You know, this is an experimental yeah, music actually... podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've said this before. That's right. If you didn't guess it, <laughs> you should know by now. That's right. <laughs> um, let me see. Let's go. Let's well. Let's do the. Uh, let's just keep with this length thing. I just have to look up. They are like neck longer. and neck. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure. Oh <laughs> wow, me. they are really neck and neck. It's like five minutes. <laughs> I think it's Sun though, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's Sun. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, okay, if we'll go with the second longest record, which is 43 minutes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Pyroclass from sun um stylized as sun and then a zero with three closed parens afterward <laughs> which by the way 
Um, that's they're named after their amps that they use. Um, right. Sun is an amplifier company. I I, I found that out because I wanted to find this out. I'm like, what are we doing here with this Sun O thing? Oh. Um, oh really? Yeah, I had so no just, idea. You just uh, <laughs> you just saw that. I just assumed like it was Sun, and then like, you know, they included uh, a a very uh, crude drawing of a sun afterward. <laughs> and I, I was like, it's actually like, <laughs> it's like, well, there's a circle and it's radiating. Maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah. Right. So I'm like, okay, there, maybe there's something to it. So yeah. Sun, um, is a drone metal band, uh, from Seattle, uh, per Wikipedia. They are known for, um, not only like their heavy, slow music, but also their loud live performances um bring your earplugs if you're going to see sun uh pyroclass is the band's ninth studio album uh and their second this year alone following the album life metal which you enjoyed quite a bit um Mm -hmm. do you enjoy pyroclass just as much not as much Mm. but i do still enjoy it yeah that's um it's hard it it's hard to not like it like um well it's it's not hard to like it like as much but it's hard to like not like it since i love life metal because like they were recorded in the same sessions mm-hmm. um they're they're not like um completely similar like the pirate class does have its own distinct like sound to it apart from life metal but um they are similar enough in tone that it's kind of like, yeah, I, if I like life metal, I'm going to like this one mm-hmm. kind of thing, but it, it's not as, uh, as, um, conceptually interesting to me as life metal was. Mm. Yeah. But um, it's still good. Yeah. I, um, I prefer pyroclast, but oh. I think that's less, a statement on the quality of either album and more just I'm slowly starting to understand Sun as someone who doesn't listen to much drone. Um, oh, gotcha. So I'm still kind of a newbie to the genre. Uh, so the more I'm listening to Sun, I think the more I'm enjoying them. Um, and I think maybe if I went back and listened to life metal, I would probably like it more than I did at the time, which was fine enough. But, um, I don't know what it is with this one, but I, I've started to listen to this record. Um, the way I listened to loveless by my bloody Valentine when I was trying to figure out that album. And so I didn't really get that at first either. And what I would do is I would just kind of, as I'm listening, try to pick out all the different pieces of each song because there's a lot going on mm-hmm. um it's kind of hard to make sense of everything if you're new to drone um so as i'm kind of yeah. picking out pieces i i kind of i'm starting to you know piece it together like i really like the uh the electric guitars on the second track um i like you can kind of hear the wind on the first track i like that mm-hmm. um I'm still having some difficulty in distinguishing one song from another. I don't know if that's my unfamiliarity I, with 
son or no. if it's <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was gonna say that also might just be intentional in order to kind of promote the album as like a singular experience so i didn't know uh what they were going for there but no i have i have the same uh the same feeling it's the same feeling i have with life metal too and mm-hmm. honestly uh well actually just mostly these two i i mean i'm a i'm a big fan of sun mm-hmm. um but their past work like monoliths and dimensions and black one those are more easily distinguished like you can tell track to track pretty mm-hmm. especially monoliths and dimensions um Anyway, but yeah, uh, I like I like what you're saying about that though, because that is how when I started listening to Sun, which wasn't too long ago. I think mm. I first listened to them like in maybe 26, maybe 2017 actually. Oh, okay. It's only a few years, but I was like right away like, oh, this is really cool because I'm a big fan of ambient music. Mm. Um, so I was kind of ready for this kind of this kind of style. Um. And that's like kind of how I had to go into it was almost with a expecting ambient music kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, drone metal is different than I'll use music for airports again <laughs> since I referenced it <laughs> since I referenced it earlier. <laughs> Not going to be like that at all. But um, there's similar there's similar uh, structure and texture to both of them that you have to take in mind whenever you're listening to it. It's not going to be something as easily distinguishable, like, you know, uh, like the Charlie XDX album, for example, where there's just these like fantastic choruses and like, you know, great instrumentals that you're like, awesome, catchy, brilliant. This is a very patient, uh, genre, very patient listen. Yes. Um, but yeah, but, um, yeah, and I like that about this album, too. There's still a lot of patience involved with it. I really like what you were saying about um, how there's, like, wind and cold on the track Frost, the beginning mm-hmm. um, track, which is aptly named Frost, mm-hmm. uh, kind of carries over throughout, and it's this very, like, skeletal cold environment that's kind of all over the album here. That's something that I thought was really cool. That's what distinguishes it um, primarily, I think, from Life Metal, which was a more ethereal kind of hmm. uh, kind of instrumental. Yeah, no, I I, uh, I can't remember. I guess in comparison to Life Metal, it's been a while since I've listened to that. But um, you know, something I, I liked about about Pyroclass is, you know, we were just talking about how. Uh, it can be kind of difficult to distinguish these songs, but I do like how seemingly they put the chord name in the song title. I, I, I guess that's what they're doing there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you know, Frost is the name of the track, but then afterward they have a C in parentheses. Um, so they have a C, a G, an E, and an A. And I, I kind of, I don't know why I, I like that so much, but it, it was just kind of a nice little touch. Um, yeah. But yeah, I guess, you know, it is the kind of, you said patient listen. Um, I mean, the content itself is very patient. And then also each of these songs is between, I guess they're all within a few seconds of being exactly 11 minutes. This is a very evenly spaced album 
four songs, 43 minutes. Um, so if, if you're looking to kind of challenge yourself, you know, uh, as a music listener, I would, I, I, I would recommend trying this album or some Sun album. Um, I guess Monolith and Dimensions might be considered their best, so maybe start with that. But it, it yeah, is it is worth out. listening to if you're not familiar with uh, this genre at all. Yeah, um, that uh, that was a great point. Actually, what you were saying about um, the chord names being there, and this might actually honestly be a great sun record to start off with because of that if people were looking to get into sun mm-hmm. because it's like it it um it is a good it is a good album i think that it's a, a, a yeah it is it is a good album good listen it's not like my favorite but mm-hmm. um that is a great thing to have to to have in mind while you're listening through to this because basically their like mission on like almost everything they do well, especially these two albums, Life Metal and Pirate Class, is like exploring just one like tone, just one modular tone all the way throughout, you know, 10 minutes or 11 minutes and basically just immersing yourself into sound for the sake of sound. Hmm. Sometimes that can get like to be a little much, but, you know, these two albums they did a great job with. And I think that them adding in the chords there kind of gives you like a little perspective like, oh, okay, I see what's going on here. We're literally exploring all of the tone within the chord of C at a massively high dB level. (laughs) Right. Yeah, that's it's actually pretty fascinating. Like we're going to play G for 11 minutes and you yeah. know, explore everything we can within that time. Um, I, that's, I think, fascinating. Um, so I think as I continue to familiarize myself with their style, I think I'll continue to appreciate it. Um, for now, I'm, I don't have much to say. Uh, you can say some more if you'd like. So I'll just go ahead and throw out my, uh, I'm giving this a seven out of 10. Um, I think this okay. is pretty nice. solid, and it, it might make my year-end list, honestly, the more I kind of check it out. So Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. I, yeah. I'm, I'm curious. I don't know if you have, like, a direct score with Life Man, but do you, like, yeah. know how you kind of felt about that in comparison? Because these are, like, sister albums. So. Right, and I think when we talked about it on the pod, this was strictly, like, your recommendation back when we were doing, like, a, a maybe the end of Q1 or Q2, something like that. Um, and I think you gave it mm-hmm. a nine or something. Um, if I recall, I can't remember exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was yeah, kind yeah, of I feeling about a six personally. Um, but again, that's probably more just, okay. that was my first son record. Um, like I went in dry, oh. you know, I, I knew really nothing about son other than they were a drone metal group. Um, so it, I, I kind of, yeah. I had that score, but I didn't want it to be like, you know, a statement on the record itself, uh, just because I, I felt uh, unworthy yeah. of grading, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know well, what I'm talking hard. about. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to like talk about. I, I, I feel like it's hard to talk about Sun too, because it's like, do I like this uh, instance of drone more than <laughs> I like this instance of drone? 
it's really hard to like sit there and really think about. So it's like kind of a very subjective experience. I think when you're ranking a sun album, you're basically just ranking. I feel like, I mean, there are, there are like, um, distinctions between a lot of their albums. Like black one is vastly different than this. It's, mm. uh, you know, models and inventions is like completely there. Yeah. So there are distinctions, but you're kind of ranking the experience of just sitting down with it mm-hmm. more than you are like how you feel about the, the music. Cause you know, especially with an album, like with pyroclasts, like life metal has a little bit more texture to it, I think. And that's yes. why I like it more. It had more, texture and more um uh like i said ethereal moments to it and slightly frightening moments to it as well um, just because of the size of it all and this one is like basically just like looking at a fucking mountain for like (laughs) four like (laughs) for like 45 minutes you know and just like taking in the size of it all Mm -hmm. that's like what it feels like, um, which is great. It's a cool experience. Um, this album is, but it's not as uh, it's not as immediately enjoyable or as long lasting. I feel like as uh, Life Metal is, um, just because it's uh, I don't know. It's just it, it doesn't have as as much depth to it as I think um, I would have hoped for. Hmm. But it's a really cool experience. I like. Um, like I said, the size of it is, uh, even though it's only 45 minutes, which is a pretty standard amount of time, when you're sitting inside of a long, drawn-out, like, distorted C chord for almost 11 minutes, hmm. it can feel like an eternity, um, but not in a bad way. Like, you feel it's a very cool experience to sit there, like, with, with sound like that and then just go and listen to a different album and be like, what the fuck just <laughs> happened? Um, so yeah, this is a cool album. I like this album. Um, not, not fantastic, but pretty, pretty good. So, uh, I think I'm at like a high sevens on this still just like pretty solid. Yeah. Okay. So it might, it might, it might come out to an eight, but I I think I'm pretty much chilling right now. He's chilling at a seven, chilling at a seven. Um, so that, that averages out to a seven, um, sun. Oh, with Pyroclass. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so <laughs> next record, we don't have a choice here. Um, we're going to... <laughs> there's only one more before we get to our uh, kind of additional recommendations. Um, we're doing more experimental music. Uh, FKA Twigs with Magdalene. Um, FKA Twigs is a British singer, songwriter, dancer... Uh, working in the experimental sides of R&B and pop. Uh, Magdalene is her second studio album, uh, which has a Metacritic of 88 out of 100 and a Pitchfork score of 9.4 out of 10. Um, the same as... They them. Yep, yep. Not only that, they Norman fucking Rockwell them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. The old 9.4. Uh, so Pitchfork made their best albums of the decade list. And then, you know, because there were still like four months left in the decade, 
a 9.4 out of <laughs> yeah. 10 record came out and now that they, they kind of look a little silly right now um so yeah you know <laughs> so it's it's being it's a very acclaimed record across the board i think um but this critical reception isn't totally unexpected for me because uh, her debut way back in 2014 uh titled lp1 which i personally mm. love 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 um that has a metacritic of 86 so she's been getting hype uh right because her last record was in 2014 we haven't talked about twigs on the podcast and i don't think we've really talked about twigs much outside of the podcast so are, are you a fan of twigs uh what did you think of magdalene all caps all caps but the yeah all caps album <laughs> yeah. name but the song names are lowercase so you know which i was gonna you know i always gotta see how you feel about that because you have the strongest opinion about this it's just the kind of thing where like i don't know the first time i saw it it was cool and then like i don't get the point now um yeah but that said when i type or when i text i do like to do all lowercase for whatever reason i like the way it looks so maybe it's just that maybe it's just liking the way i think it's literally just that yeah yeah just just an aesthetic of like because they know yeah like artists know now that like that's how people consume music you're not listening to cds or records anymore you're actually right. looking at the track listing so it adds into the experience i guess this yeah that could be i don't it. know yeah um but it's a very minor add-in i feel like to the experience it, you know details are details but I'm like, it's kind of like a non-issue for me, honestly, at this point. Uh, Serpent with Veeds album um, would have made my top 20 last year, but I had to bump it down because of uh, lowercase track titles. So, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> no, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's a total nothing, but uh, you know, it, it's always weird to I see. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I had it like number 48, and it's like, well, it would have been 20 spots higher if he just typed in wrong tree <laughs> with appropriate capitalization. Um, so yeah, uh, Twigs. I love Twigs. I love LP1. Um, this album, I also really, really enjoy. I think it's really good. Um, I, you know, you know, we were kind of talking about Norman fucking Rockwell with the 9.4. This one, I, you know, I love both of those records, but I, I'm still not getting the like. This is the best mm-hmm. album to come out all year. I, you know, I'm I'm not getting that with this one either. Even though I really like this record and especially in comparison with norman fucking rockwell i think there's less fat on this album um but yeah the, i guess the main difference between this and lp1 which is one of my favorite records of the decade is um lp1 had a, a wow factor that i don't quite see in this album uh when i heard lp1 i was like what the hell is this this is great and this mm-hmm. is experimental as well, but I feel like it's trotting over some ground that I've heard before. Um, so I don't know what you thought about that, but yeah, that's interesting. This is kind of like I've heard. I don't think I've heard the entirety of LP One. I've oh. heard stuff from it, um, and I liked it, mm-hmm. but I don't think I've ever listened to an FKA Twigs album all the way through, besides this mm-hmm. one. So I think this is my introduction to her. I guess so. And, uh, and I mean, 
like I kind of knew what to expect because I've heard her in the past. So I, yeah. I didn't, it, I wasn't completely blind going into this. Um, but otherwise, I think it would have been a much more like positive experience because this this is something that I haven't really heard out of anybody else. That's what's really cool about um, FK Twix. She has a very very unique style. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I agree with you though. Like I get why this is heavily praised more than I get uh, Norman fucking Rockwell. Um, but I'm still kind of like, I'm still kind of like the level that it's being praised at is, uh, is, is a little strange to me. Cause it's like, it, it, I was impressed by this, um, tracks, you know, that what stood out were like, uh, like mirror heart, um, the title track, the intro track. Mm. Um, but I think by the end of it, I was kind of like, I like the, I like how it, everything's pulled back and kind of skeletal, yes. but it's also like very colorful in certain ways. And, um, I, that's really interesting. But by the end of it, it didn't really move anywhere that like outside of that box. Mm. And it's interesting enough, but I think I was kind of underwhelmed, um, yeah, I, I, w- I was a little bit underwhelmed from the point where I started at with this. And I'm still getting that feeling of like, hmm. you know, kind of done, like ready for it to be done when it's done. Um, which isn't like a totally a bad thing. I'm, I'm, when it's done, I'm like, all right, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Which is like a, a good thing to have. Mm-hmm. But I'm not really like wanting to go back and listen to it again. And that's like the negative feeling that I get from it. I get that. I don't. I don't feel that way with this record, but I understand what you're. You know how you're feeling. Um, I, I'm glad you brought up kind of the you know the skeletal minimalism of a lot of the production here because one, I figured you would enjoy that, and uh, and two, that's something I have enjoyed about her music in the past. Like you get that feeling on LP one a lot of the times too. I think this record is maybe more minimal, um, and certainly more glitchy. Uh, the production on LP one is experimental but it's maybe a little more accessible than much of the production here which is sometimes barely there and sometimes like overblown um the production credits are absolutely insane on this record i don't know Mm. if you've kind of checked that out i I haven't seen so it's most notably nicholas jar is on most of these tracks um and then yeah so and then a lot of producers that are only on maybe one or two songs include Arca, uh, Hudson Mohawk, Jack Antonoff, Skrillex, Cashmere Cat. Uh, there, there's a ton of just, and, and Twigs herself, of course, she's a producer. Um, so just a very eclectic group of uh, producers here. Um, so that's always, always fascinating. And you can tell, especially some of Nicholas Jar's influence on, on this record. Um, but ultimately... I, I'm slightly disappointed in some of the production, given the uh, given the names here. I think for the most part it's great, um, but every now and then it's just uh, it's kind of in the background for me, which might be the point. Yeah. But uh, it isn't too captivating, uh, I, I guess, from the production end. What I do like about this record, though, is that I think Twigs really stepped up her 
vocal, um, I was going to say vocal game, but that doesn't really, that, that doesn't sound right coming out of my <laughs> mouth. Her, her vocals are pretty good on this record. Um, and I think yeah. there's some improvement here, uh, in comparison to LP one, they're still breathy, but there's a lot of passion and she does hit some interesting notes here and there. Um, but my, my my bigger takeaway from LP1 is like, wow, this production's really good. And my bigger takeaway from Magdalene was like, oh, the vocals are actually maybe my favorite part of the record. Um, yeah, that I, I I made that a point where um, I was saying that I really liked how like theatrical her vocal delivery is. It's hmm. it's really uh, it's really dramatic, and it's like um, very performative. Um, yeah, it. I I really like that aspect of the album. I think that that's probably the biggest takeaway I have is how really personal um, the vocal delivery feels and how um, yeah how 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 deeply emotional the emotions really are on here. Yes, I think it's just matching up with the uh, production. It's good and it's experimental and it's interesting, but it's like I've heard execution better um in experimental and even like minimally experimental uh production Mm. better better like fleshed out than this this kind of like it it kind of all blends together by the end of it which is kind of funny considering like all this list of producers that you right (laughs) that you listed yeah I, Um, i totally didn't expect that to be kind of my major complaint um but yeah, like I, I like the I like the production on here. I do think it is really solid, mm-hmm. um, especially on you know the tracks I listed: Mirror Heart, Thousand Eyes, Mary Magdalene. Um, it, but it's like uh, Daybed also. Like mm-hmm. I mean, they're mm-hmm. they're all the tracks have some sort of distinction to them, but it like by the middle part of like a lot of the tracks, I'm like, this feels exactly the same as where we were at just now with mm-hmm. fallen alien with uh sad day. You know, like I, it, it uh, that is like the biggest thing for me, I think is on this album is like everything else. I'm like, this is really solid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the production, like at times I'm just like, I'm not getting very much of an emotional, like, uh, it's kind of just I'm standard like oh this is solid like I'm not getting yeah. much of, much else other than that from from a lot of this yeah and and I and I love this album uh, so when I when I nitpick the production it's more that it's more nitpicks um, because mm. overall it's not like man you know this album sucks it's you know I I do really like the album and for the most part I like the production but it's more just my surprise at you know, this is a, a Nicholas Jar produced album for the most part, and I, it, yeah. I mean, I did not expect my takeaway to be like, man, I wish, I would have liked the production a little more, um, because the vocals, like you said, very emotive, very passionate, and not only that, but her, she's, she's very versatile in what she does with her vocals. Like on the opening track, she's harmonizing with herself in this really mm-hmm. weird way where you're kind of hearing two completely different things going on at the same time. Um, and then on a, the next song home with you, she has this like, I don't know, like radio head 
vocoder thing going on with her voice at the beginning. Yeah. Um, a la Gorgeous from My Beautiful Dark. Yeah, Kids right. Fantasy. Kind of like this little lo-fi yeah. thing going on. Um, and then, of course, she has like ballads toward the end of the record where she has a more traditional, powerful, I guess, for her voice, uh, you know, kind of delivery. And there are some songs where she's doing a more melodic approach to vocals, like on Sad Day. Um, so I really like mm. the versatility in her voice on this record and the versatility of this record in general, even if something like Holy Terrain kind of stands out. It, it may be a little jarring, but that I think for the, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there is well, a lot of versatility that, on this record. And uh, that, that <laughs> I, I didn't look, I, I hadn't, it was apparently a single before the album came out and I hadn't heard it. And I was like, I think this is future. What what is happening here? But um, yeah, I was gonna say it's that future feature. <laughs> like oh. we've mentioned this in the past, and now I'm really starting <laughs> to think it's a thing. Every time he's featured on something, I'm like either like this is complete crap, or I'm like this was completely unnecessary. Like <laughs> I <laughs> I like future. Like I really sure. like his style. But like for some reason, every time he's featured, or, or sorry, every time he's featured, I'm like, why is he here? <laughs> he does not need to be here, and he's the only feature on this album. That's right. That's that's exactly right. Um, yeah, I don't get what he adds either. I don't know if it, <laughs> you know it is kind of the the most mainstream song on here. I guess you know it kind of has that future friendly trap production on it. Um, and the song, I think, works yeah. as a whole. And, you know, maybe she was going for some radio play there. I, I don't really know. But it, it is kind of a a weird thing to sandwich in this in this record here, like right in the middle. Like, oh, okay, holy terrain. Again, yeah. like again, like Norman Rockwell, where that fourth track was a little jarring, That the Sublime cover. Um, right. So, so, yeah, the parallels between that and uh, Norman fucking Rockwell just continue, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. Did you want to compare this yeah, record cause... to Music for Airports, by the way? <laughs> yeah, let me think of a way to do that. <laughs> all of the all of the comparisons have been like, don't expect Music for Airports, too. So if you go into this album thinking you're going to get Music for Airports, yeah, you're not at all. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, Rolling Stone, uh, their one-line review is... Um, it's good, but it's no music for airports. <laughs> um, yeah. so, I, would, I would definitely say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess on my variety point, while, while I do like the variety, I kind of question the album's cohesion overall because of that. Um, not only because of the future feature, but um, we have the three most ballad-like songs kind of sandwiched all together right at the end. Um, we kind of segue from a weird song like Home With You into Sad Day, which is maybe the least weird song on here. Um, Fallen mm. Alien, which I love, but that's right before mm. Mirrored Heart, which I also really like, but it, it again, that's maybe a little jarring. I like just about every single song on here. Um, Daybed was a slight snoozer i suppose but I, I really like just about every song on here i love it but i have questions with the cohesion i have slight gripes with the production um but overall it's really good and i i don't want to undermine that but i'm I, i'm not getting the 
the 88 out of 100 album of the year type yeah type here um yeah. So, yeah no that's a that's that is a really good point with the cohesion i think that that might have something to do with why i'm kind of feeling like why don't i like this as much as i do because every track definitely has like really like intentional and uh and thought out moments to it and just overall like the way that yeah like the way that it's structured and then um just some of the sameness in production choices on it for me it's like the in the overall scope of the album it doesn't equal up to how i felt like diving into track by track Mm -hmm. um yeah i think if you put this on shuffle it would be like and you just kind of had it on the background it's like more enjoyable of a listen than it is whenever i'm like sitting and just like like actively listening to it sure but that's like a negative for me i think that makes sense um I would say the opener is clearly like an opening song, but other than that, you can kind of rearrange yeah. this album how you want, and uh, it would make just as much sense to me. Um, yeah, I yeah I agree with you on that. But yeah, it's so many so many good moments on here. Um, you know, before I kind of wrap up my piece, just I love the guitar on Mary Magdalene. I think that sounds great. Um, mm. The backing vocals on Fallen Alien are great. Um, her i guess twigs vocals on uh the closure cellophane it's a very solid closer um just there, there's so much here to like uh and so i i love this record i guess despite uh some of the the negatives i have and i think i sound negative because the consensus is like so high yeah. that you know i love this album too it's just maybe not as much as a lot of other people seem to which is fine because it'll still make my my year end list um i still love twigs um it's just i didn't like this as much as lp1 and that's okay because i don't like most records as much as i like lp1 so i'm going um a pretty soft eight out of ten nice yeah. okay yeah um yeah i i i'm glad that i uh i'm glad that we decided to talk about this and oh yeah i would have listened to it but it's nice to like it's nice to dive into this album because this was a very compelling album to to talk about for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And she's a really interesting artist, so it's good to talk about about her. Interesting story interesting... too. Like she started as a backup dancer and then kind of got into music through that, and now she's making like some of the most interesting art pop there is. So yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that is that is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so some of the other takeaways that I have on this, I like, so, you know, the album's all obviously called Magdalene, but I like how mm-hmm. it kind of did keep a theme of, like, of femininity and mm-hmm. in the face of, uh, like, Mary Magdalene, who is probably the most famous case of, like, slut-shaming right. that, like, maybe in history, because, you know, literally, like, yeah i mean she's like literally one of the more uh yeah i mean shamed it's, people in the catholic church right like she's you know um and twigs had i guess a, i can't remember who the interview was with but she kind of delved into some of her thoughts on that and they're they're pretty interesting i didn't want to try to regurgitate yeah. what she said here but i i would recommend looking into that um yeah okay 
Yeah, so I and I thought that was interesting, and she did a really good job of tying in all those themes and the the title track, uh, Mary Magdalene. Or I guess it's not technically the title track, but <laughs> right, <laughs> it, <laughs> but it kind of is. Um, I think that's my favorite track on the album. It's got you know really compelling chorus. The instrumentals are, are uh, distinct and great the lyrics are just fantastic uh i think that's and and it ties in the whole theme and i think that that's probably besides her vocal delivery that's like my other favorite part of this album is that it has i'm a sucker for concept so yes it has a real concept to it um and it is really well thought out it's just like at times i think that it's uh, the the way that it's delivered, either in the timing of the track or in certain instrumental choices, you know, whatever it is, it doesn't translate as well as I think that it might have whenever they were creating the tracks. But yeah, it's a solid. I'm really glad. I'm gonna definitely gonna go back and listen to more FKA Twigs like more extensively. Yes. After this, um, so I, I like this album. I am a little underwhelmed by it um so for the third time i'm giving it seven out of ten very nice very nice um so yeah well it's a shame we haven't talked about a record that you've loved loved until maybe now um we have yes about 25 minutes i'd say uh, remaining before you know uh podbean decides to cut off our feed here but uh each of us (laughs) wanted to talk about you know we're done talking about new music for the year, you know, until we get to, I guess, because we're, we're going to be doing a Scopies podcast, a Song of the Year podcast, Album of the Year mm-hmm. uh, blog list thing. Um, so we wanted to take some time and just kind of mention a couple records that uh, we haven't mentioned, whether we didn't have time to or we discovered them too late. Um, I have one example of each of those. Um Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I had I had two records I wanted to talk about. Um, I I don't know how many you wanted to talk about, but we can keep these pretty brief. I think if if we wanted to alternate. Yeah. Um. So yeah. That's fine. I'll talk about I'll talk about two albums. Yeah, we'll see. If I have okay. if I have time, maybe I'll mention the maybe I'll mention one more. But let's good. do let's let's stick with it for right now. Okay. Yeah, it sounds good. Uh, I, I'm pretty I'm pretty excited to talk about this record that um, I only recently got into uh, because I, I guess it came out in August, but it's a pretty underground artist, so like it, it didn't quite, um, you know, I, I was unaware of it, and it wasn't reviewed by either Fantano or Pitchfork, but it was mm. re- recently reviewed by uh, the guys over at Dead End Hip Hop, so I checked it out, and I, I'm a fan. Um, the EP is titled Yacht Rock 2 uh, by The Alchemist. Um, ah. Yeah, so first of all, great album art. Um, it's just literally like a, an overhead shot of a beautiful body of water and a yacht, um, but it, it it's perfect. Uh, so The Alchemist is a veteran hip-hop producer who has worked with like so many rappers over the years. Um, I can't recall if he's like in a group, but usually it's just kind of like a rapper pairs up with Alchemist for a mixtape and maybe they continue working on other mixtapes, but sometimes they don't. Um, so he, he has a lot of people in his circle. Um, and as the title of the project suggests, uh, 
the instrumentals on this EP are inspired by the smooth, soft yacht rock sound uh, made famous by like Michael McDonald and Steely Dan. Um, and so it's, it's a little experimental in a way, uh, because you don't really get that, that fusion of genre. Um, it's not abrasive at all though. It's, it's really accessible. Um, and the alchemist absolutely nails this mix. Um, it's such a breezy listen. Uh, if you want to call it like a gimmick, that's fine. And I totally get it, but it, it, it's a gimmick that totally works for me. Um, it's just such a smooth sound. Uh, anyway, nice. so be, because this is like a producer curated hip hop record, um, there are a boatload of features. You know what? I didn't even mean I didn't mean to do the boatload there on the yacht rock discussion. That's, <laughs> I honestly didn't even mean to do that. Um, but that was pretty good by nice. me. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nice work. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Pat myself on the back there. Um, so many features. Even though this record's only twenty three minutes long, there are a ton of features. Um, because the 23 minute runtime is split up into 12 different songs. Um, so each song is like a minute to a minute and a half, um, which is great because it never overstays its welcome. Um, can't remember who said this on dead in hip hop, but he kind of made the observation that when you're listening, you kind of get the feeling that all of these artists are on the same cruise ship at the same time. Um, and the alchemist is just kind of bringing these rappers in one by one as they're partying to record like a quick verse um like they're all just kind of chilling on the yacht and then the alchemist is like making beats and asking people like rock marciano and benny the butcher action bronson to come in and just spit you know a quick 16 bars or whatever um that's cool i haven't really gotten a feeling like that since like like when i listen to plastic beach i, I kind of picture them all like in the same place right. I, I don't know i don't know how to describe it but it's kind of strangely immersive for such a short record um so there isn't really much more i want to say about it but it's a solid listen um it's a little different by hip-hop standards but still very accessible and honestly probably more accessible than a lot of other underground hip-hop i've been hy hyping up this year so i i would check it out eight, oh, eight, awesome. eight out of ten i don't know if i said that but yeah yeah nice that's that's cool. I I definitely I I haven't even uh, I I've heard of Alchemist. I haven't really listened to anything by Alchemist, but uh, I didn't even know that he dropped anything this year. So I'm gonna definitely check that out because I'm also a huge I'm a big advocate for yacht rock. Like I'm a yes. huge fan of like Destroyers Kaput. Yes, that's probably exactly. my favorite Destroyer album. Right. It is weird that like yeah. <laughs> yeah like Yacht Rock had its time but like maybe the best Yacht Rock album for like a lot of people is something that came out in 2011. Um <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. <laughs> right yeah. So it is it it's is a very, very like 80s 80s genre and it's like Destroyer <laughs> came and was like here I perfected this for you. Yeah. And it's just it's a great juxtaposition on this album. You get all these hard rappers and they sound just so buttery over these instrumentals. So it, it's a nice fusion. Um anyway, what did what did you want to uh, talk about? That's awesome. Yeah. Um yeah, that's really cool. Mine is my recommendation that I've been wanting to give for a while. Nice. Um is a little different than that <laughs> by a, <laughs> like for sure. Um I had heard about this album um, first in July, and I was super excited to talk about it on uh, 
our quarter, I guess that's quarter three, right? Yes. Yes. Quarter three podcast. And I was like, yeah. And then I like looked it up and I'm like, oh, this actually came out in, I think it came out in March. Oh. I just heard about it late. So I was like, dang it, I can't talk about Mm. it. But now I can talk about it. Um, And uh, this is artists that I think this is the only thing that they put out under this this name um and i haven't heard of this artist before but um it's an album from an isolated mind oh and it's called i'm i'm losing myself i've never heard of this Um, i'll look it up while you talk yeah i never heard of it either i think um pitchfork did a review of it that was like okay like it was like I, i think it was like high sevens or something like that um but it's a uh, like has like touch of black and death metal to it, and so I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna check out this new black metal album." But Jesus, like it is way more intense and huh. immersive and uh, harrowing than I thought that it was going to be going into it. And I'm a huge fan of this uh, album. I keep going back to it. So it's. Um, kind of fucked up it's (laughs) like it's born out of this um it it, it came out of like this idea that the uh the mastermind behind it um what's his name let me look oh cameron bogues um who i haven't heard of before he's you know been within the black metal community apparently with like basically doing mostly like parody almost black metal. Um, But uh, he went to a psychiatric hospital and, you know, was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And this basically came from that. That's the idea of it. Um, And it explores all of the really fucked up, um, just psychological highs and lows of going through something like that, especially like having a breakdown to the point of going to a psychiatric hospital, um, which is a really, really tough thing to listen to. So I wouldn't like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend this to someone like just like on a whim, like Mm -hmm. this is a really hard listen to go through. Um, and it may not be good. That might be like a bad thing for some people. But for me, I thought it was incredibly cathartic. Listen, mm. um, one of the most interesting um, expressions of that kind of like horrible, um, that one of the most interesting expressions of that kind of horrible place to be in mentally that I've heard, especially in black metal for a while Um it has like a lot of really fast, uh, intense, just brutal um, black metal like like standards to it, and just crushing guitars. But it'll all of a sudden just break away at points into a very serene, um, like almost like uh, just a very yeah spacious, serene, and has like like a saxophone playing at points kind of moments, and it's huh. like really like weird it's just it'll it'll toss you back and forth um into into these moments of just like crushing um hellish guitars and and vocals 
and then snap you back in an instance to really pretty pianos and um, just like emotional, like I said, saxophone playing, um, synthesizers and post-rock tendencies, uh, you know, Mm. things like that. So it's a very like sporadic and uh, really, really uh, immersive project with all that. Um, but it, it feels really, really realistic and cathartic and definitely feels like an expression of expression from one person. Um, and I think that, I mean, it's like, I, it's a record that I connected with almost immediately uh, I think that it's one of the best expressions of depression and, uh, I, I guess, you know, what, what he's gone through with his bipolar disorder that I've heard in a long time. Um, that's not to say that it's like a good thing, right? but it's, it, it was a really cathartic and really, um, impressive, great artistic expression in this. Uh, yeah, I, it's like a nine out of 10 for me. Wow. That's a really like, <laughs> It was a fascinating description of a record. I didn't expect that. That's a uh, wow. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. I, I I didn't expect to like it as much as I did, but I can't help but every time I come back to it, I'm like Jesus. Yeah. Uh, some of my favorite album art of the year too. I would basically just, just. Did you look it up? I did. Yeah, I, I was gonna say it's really good. I mean, it's just like an assortment of colors, really kind of painted across in in a yeah know, like streaky way, I suppose. But no, it looks great. <laughs> Um, yeah yeah definitely recommend that one different very different uh like <laughs> than like a yacht rock rap album <laughs> but, but um yeah yeah super important super important album i think that, that's go check that one out that's great that's great i'm glad we decided to kind of do this on the pod then um because not yeah i've been waiting yeah. to, to talk about it because it's been it's probably one of my favorite albums of the year and i still haven't been able to mention i was it. gonna say like usually when we have a nine out of ten record that that gets talked about on the pod so uh yeah no mm-hmm. that's good um so yeah we have about 15 minutes so i'll go ahead with my last one here um we've talked about experimental rock music quite a bit on this podcast if you have been paying attention um this particular episode <laughs> rather uh but right all year we haven't talked about the most hyped experimental rock record of 2019 and i meant to talk about it in q2 or q3 or whatever but yes yeah but i i guess there was too much i wanted to recommend i suppose uh so i just kind of set this one off to the side because i had only listened to it once at that point um black midi schlagenheim um this is it, it's a fascinating listen. Um, this is the debut record from Black Midi, uh, and it was nominated for the Mercury Prize, uh, which to me is fascinating because, like, mm-hmm. could you imagine, like, the Grammys album of the year <laughs> nominating <laughs> yeah, right. Schlagenheim and then letting them perform at the Grammys? Like, yeah. The, like, that's just fascinating. Like, I love the Mercury Prize just for that. Like, yeah. It, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, that, that's a really gutsy choice. Absolutely, yeah. They played BM BM BM, and I'm like, wow, this would not fly <laughs> on MTV or whatever. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah. yeah. This this record is it's freaky, and 
manic. Um, it's odd. It's like a mix of noise rock and like, I guess, art rock. Um, but it's really hard to kind of summarize this album and kind of pin it down because it's all over the place. Um, and I mean that like in a good way. Uh, it, it really makes for an exciting listen during your first run through because you really have no idea where the songs are going to go next. Um, so while this like album is noisy and abrasive and chaotic, it's not just that it's also very technical and mathematical. It's a very calculated chaos. Um, the musicianship is just outstanding. Um, even if the music itself won't be for everybody, uh, you can tell they have a lot of talent and they have a lot of knowledge of music theory. Um, so it's, mm -hmm. it's kind of a, an intellectual approach to like some of the most raw music you could listen to. Um, but yeah, it, it, trying to describe this album as a whole is more difficult than just kind of listing off the descriptions of certain songs because you really, it's like the box of chocolates or whatever. You're never, you never really know what you're getting on <laughs> any of this. Um, I guess BM 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 is uh, maybe my favorite track here. It's kind of this tense, slow build with haunting background vocals and this repetitive lyric. Um, I guess it's just the same three or four lines repeated throughout the mm -hmm. entire five-minute song. And every time he says it, it gets a little freakier. Um, so he'll start with, like, she moves with a purpose, but then by minute three, mm -hmm. he's like, she moves with a purpose. <laughs> it, gets, it gets very freaky. He's like, very fast. It is such a purpose. It yeah, and it's such, such a purpose. A purpose. <laughs> yeah. She moves with a purpose. Uh, it's it's so good. But, yeah, um, and, and it's, this is the song they played on national television, mind you. Um, so yeah. it, the song gets more intense as it goes, and then it culminates in just this absolutely like mosh pit worthy type of breakdown uh, it's just a fascinating energetic listen um but you know you get this strangeness right from the opener 953 like the first minute of the very first song might trigger a headache in you but then it'll it'll settle down and so you think you're good and then it just like will suddenly revert back to all of the chaos um you know, the, the lyricism is sometimes very abstract, like when they're talking about Anteater Town, whatever that means. But sometimes it's very, <laughs> like, actually socially conscious, like on the song Near Detroit, Michigan, um, which has some of the most animated vocals on the record because of the content. But it's about, you know, the lead in the water in Flint. And um, he's like, there's lead in the water. Like, it's a very passionate yeah. <laughs> song. Um, but it's great, you know, it's, it's so awesome. And, and each song is just its own little adventure. And it, it, I love that about this record. And I love that this is their debut and they're not afraid to be bold. They're not afraid to be ambitious. Um, it's odd, but like you have to commend it. Um, so I, you know, I look forward to what they do next, um, which like honestly could be anything really. <laughs> so, um, I'm giving it an 8 out of 10, yeah. just like everybody else is. Everybody loves this record. Um, it was yeah. the quietest album of the year, halfway through the year. Um, of course. Yeah, right, exactly, right? Um, 
So, you know, Fantano loved it. Best new music from Pitchfork. Great Metacritic. All of that. Um, it's just, you know, undeniably just like solid, solid record. Super creative. Yeah. So Schlagenheim, yeah. eight out of 10. Great stuff from Black Midi. Um, so yeah, I gave you about t- 10 minutes. Sorry if I went a little long there, but, uh, we do have time for one no, more fine. recommendation from, from you. I have, I have like 10 minutes to, to, to do it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, okay. that's, that's about right. All right. It's, I'm not, it's not like a huge, uh, deep dive into this record. It's just, this record is something that, uh, nice work though on that black mini. I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you recommended that. Cause that's been something I really, really liked for the past few months and i don't know why we just never ended up talking yeah about it for I, some reason i was like if anything we need to talk about it at some point so um yeah yeah good call it's great good stuff. call on that thank you yeah um yeah this album came out right around that same time actually um i really like this album it's been i think it's been getting pretty good uh critical reviews i haven't looked i think pitchfork gave it a uh, maybe even best new music i can't really remember but i remember i got i looked into it because they gave it such a nice score um this is the most explicit uh oh. band name that i have on the oh <laughs> on, on the list um the new album from mannequin pussy yes um, yes oh my god yes yeah. good call i forgot about this record um go ahead yeah yeah, so uh, uh, titled Patience. Um, yeah, this is super solid. Um, it's it's just like 10 tracks of just like right after the other, just like nice song, nice song, just like mm-hmm. good riff, good melody, awesome vocal delivery, um, okay lyrics, but the delivery is like, <laughs> <laughs> is, like uh, is really what sells it. Yeah, no, no, this album is super solid. Um, it's just got like a lot of, uh, passion in it. A lot of really badass, like, um, kind of hard rock elements to it. Um, and some really nice, uh, almost ballad like, uh, indie rock kind of songs, mm-hmm. um, that, that come through it too. So there's a lot of good texture to this too. Um, and the song, uh, standout song drunk Two. Um, is one of my I think one of my favorite songs of the year it's just like uh, it's a super solid chorus it's just great uh, actually really solid lyricism too just basically about like you know a pretty simple concept this you know this woman is just singing about like how she just is getting drunk every night to mask her feelings for you know, being a lonely or, you know, getting out of relationships that she didn't like or, you know, like things like that. Just basically um, the dangers of getting drunk too much, the appeal of getting drunk, like the the push and pull between that. Cool, cool idea. Uh, really well executed on this. Actually a great song <laughs> to drink to. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, uh, yeah. This album, this album is really solid. Um, they got you got like songs like that. Then you have like heavy songs like F U C A W, which I actually don't know what that means, but I'm sure it's something like. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. 
Yeah, I haven't actually looked up what that means, but I'm sure that's something pretty, pretty, uh, yeah. Um, but heavy hitters like that, that just come in with super high energy, um, and then like fear slash desire, which have like, like a very kind of like soft, um, almost like, mm, like sonic youth kind of mm. coolness to them. Um, yeah, it's just a, it's a solid, it's a really solid album and, uh, I've been liking it. I just really like coming back to it, um, as the, as the years gone on, I think it came out right around maybe even the same, uh, day as the black mini album. It might have. Yeah. It might be, might be true. Cause I have both of them kind of associated in my head as like the same time period. Hmm. Um, but yeah. Very solid, like, 8 out of 10 record from Mannequin Pussy. Very nice. That's a record that I listened to a couple times, and I really liked, and for whatever reason, I just never returned to it. I, I really don't know why, but, um, no, that's, that's very good. Um, yeah. So that's that's it. We're done for the year, kind of. Yeah. Um, that's 2019. That's right, 2019. And uh, we're going to be recapping the year over the next month or so. Um, our next podcast is going to be the Scopey Awards, uh, and then we'll have our Songs of the Year podcast. And uh, in that time, be on the lookout for our Album of the Year list. Um, my list is, I mean, I haven't ranked them, but I have my 50 albums officially. Um, I'm going to rank them soon and then get started on blogging here in a bit. So, nice. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, unless something just, you know, D'Angelo Black Messiah in December 2014 (laughs) if something like that happens again I might have to adjust but uh you know better safe than sorry I think so um yeah Yeah. so yeah uh thank you for listening to this podcast thank you for joining me Patrick um awesome yeah it's a good good uh good group of albums this time I'm a fan Mm -hmm. so um until next time peace